0: Welcome to Mission Control, Peralta Design's podcast on everything business, tech, and marketing. Since 2008, Peralta Design has launched hundreds of successful brands. Join Ramon and the PD flight crew as they use decades of combined experience to tackle current events and interview guests, while dropping valuable industry knowledge. At Peralta Design, we launch brands. But for now, let's launch right into this episode.
1: Three, one, zero, zero, seven, and off. Hey everybody, this is Ramon Peralta with Peralta Design and We Launch Brands. And uh, thank you for joining us again on Mission Control. We have a very special guest in honor of Hispanic Heritage Month. We have Mr. John Torres, the co-founder and executive director of the Bridgeport Caribe Youth League. Welcome Thank to the you. show. Thank you. Nice. Yes, of course, we've got our, our main man here, Jorge. Que pasa, Mufasa. What's going on, everyone? And Kevin's on the soundboard. Yeah. All right, guys, listen, let's, uh, before we get into the real point of this show, we've got to uh, kind of uh, share our miseries here with the New York Giants. What Ouch. are we doing?
0: Ouch. That sums it up. Yeah, right that's, that's pretty um, all-inclusive there. And, you know, you thought, you, the worst part is this, is that, True to form, as soon as you have any kind of faith in the New York Giants, oh. they, they let you down. It's a giant train wreck because
1: you, you know, it's a disaster that you can't look away from. Right, <laughs> you're you're still as a fan want to see can they can they turn this around? Can they do something? You know what what can we do to make it happen for them? And uh, the funniest thing was that I rolled in last night um, from a golf trip. You know, I I go on these golf trips sometimes for the long weekend, and I went on this little golf trip. And so my wife hasn't seen me in a a couple of days, and she texts me when I touch down. I text her, and she says, what time you be home? I said, I'll be home at 730. So true to form, great wife. She has the food ready for me when I walk in. I have my dinner. We talk. We catch up on things. And as soon as I'm done eating, it's 815, so I plop on the couch and turn on the Giants. And she says to me, really? (laughs) I haven't seen you in all these days, and you're going to sit down and watch football. And so she starts walking upstairs, and then I, as she's walking away, I hear her say, you know they're going to lose anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, not much clapping came from me
0: uh, oh. for the next few hours. <laughs> oh, it's so painful. And, like, it was a sloppy game for yeah, both Yeah, sloppy. And it was just, we were within... You know, we we were within reach for most of the game. You know what I mean? A a field goal would have put us within a score, and then everything Murphy's Law, like everything that could possibly fall apart, did. And it gets on like uh, you know, my dad was a coach, (laughs) and something like we didn't do very well as the Stratford High soccer team. Um, But even if we were getting blown out like seven to one, you know, we'd always at least be a class act. Like you know what I mean? And that was something that that there was a
1: lot of uh, like. You know, fighting and then fighting with the
0: other mm-hmm. team. Like, um, tensions were high of frustration. Right. And it just makes it seem like there's no leadership, that right. there's no, like, a, like accountability. You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing to get be getting beat, but to just conduct yourself that way. Like, what do you, you know what I mean? What are you talking about in terms of the franchise? It's one thing also that want to have fire, but there's only fire when you're failing and not to actually execute. Like, what's yeah. going on?
1: And the thing is, you know, we have a history with Geno Smith personally because we met him. At at the uh, NFL uh, Play 60,
0: when he was a prospect, a prospect, he wasn't, he wasn't even drafted yet. <laughs> I shook his hand. The whole thing. <laughs> it's the hand that beat the Giants. Uh, <laughs> I, who punched him? Didn't
1: he get punched in our locker room or something? Oh yeah, like his jaw got dislocated. Yeah, he got something. he had like a glass jaw with some some silliness going on. I mean, this this is this this tension, I guess, has been there. And going into this game, we knew the Seahawks have been undefeated in, in MetLife
0: Met and I was like it would be shocked if that street street got bro- ro- broken and there it's we go
1: 160 million dollar man
0: uh, it's so that's tough. That
1: is <laughs> tough that's, <laughs> tough. that's <laughs> a tough Kevin problem. that's not even fair <laughs> <laughs> sorry I'm just don't mind me while I'm uh, unpacking my Brock Purdy jersey <laughs> oh
0: man <laughs> I like that he's playing no. for not even a million right yeah, now
1: Brock Purdy <laughs> won't even make a million this year yeah
0: you know, so I, he gets forty five million right this, the first yeah, yeah. year for this first year. The way it's structured, man, it's like, how, uh like that's the kind of. Meanwhile, platform. our teachers
1: are underpaid and overworked, <laughs> and our education oh, system, our healthcare system. I mean, you name it. But these sports these guys, and you, and literally, you have, like. I made a decision. Like, it's I'm not gonna let it affect me. You know, the, I'm gonna go focus on my business, on my company, on my life, on my family. There are people that. They identify with the team so hard that if the team is losing or plays terrible, they have a terrible day. Yeah. You know, they're angry. It's like, guys, they're not thinking yeah, about yeah, you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. They don't exist, right? Nah, it's a game. But, to, you know,
2: uh, and, and you know what's painful for me? I had a tough summer, too, because I'm a Mets fan. And I felt <laughs> uh, watching the wow. Giants yesterday, it was like watching the Mets. You know, they yeah. tease you, oh, right, okay, we right. got a shot, we got right. a shot. And then, right. You know, it, it falls apart, and um, as a Giants fan, it, it's been some tough seasons. It's been tough. And, it's been a
1: while. and so, uh,
2: But it's about the running game with right, the Giants. It's always right. been defense and the running game right. because that opens up, you know, especially they've always had good tight ends, and, you know, they got a couple of good receivers, but I, I, I just – Daniel Jones, I don't know, man.
1: Yeah, he also – he didn't have time to throw. Right, the O-line was but,
0: made of Swiss cheese. Like, it was – there was nonexistent.
1: The fact that there's everybody in the NFL knows that he has a, a tell, that they the defensive guys, they know he's going to stare at his first target. So Witherspoon came out and, and was quoted in this overnight that everybody knows this. So that explains so much right. mm. that he, he has a giveaway. He stares at who he's going to throw the ball to so the defenders
0: know where the ball's going.
1: Hmm. I mean, this shouldn't that be like a basic yeah, thing not to do that sheet,
0: right exactly. It makes it too easy to to read the throw ahead of time. I mean, you mean have to work doing for No them. look passes. No look passes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. right.
1: right. <laughs> the, the, the no look pass. Looking but of, but of course, with, we we switch gears to branding a little bit. If you watch the Chiefs game now, they now they've got commercials for Taylor Swift's concerts, and they're showing her in the in up in the suite, and you know, I mean. Are we getting played? Is
0: this just branding 101? It's funny that you say that. And in, in that some of my friends who are big Taylor Swift fans think that the whole thing is just the conspiracy theory is that it's all fabricated. It's all just for the money. And yeah. it's like uh, like the money was too good to pass up. So why not just let it run? You know what I mean? It reminds me like
1: JLo lo when she was with Diddy and she uh-huh. was trying to get into rap. You know, she makes a Selena movie. Then she's all of a sudden she's a singer and great actress dancer um but it was like the diddy thing was kind of suspect because all of a sudden she got real hip-hop she had like bandanas <laughs> right. on and baggy pants and all this and then she went to mark anthony so she so now she's getting clout with the latino audience the salsa oh, yeah. so she was getting clout with the hip-hop heads and even tried to use the n-word in one of her songs <laughs> <laughs> she thought she was so cool so i a lot of this could be fabricated i mean the
0: common fan just is either clueless or doesn't care, right? And exactly. And I mean, the league itself is just eating, it up. Like, eating it up, like the viewership numbers have rivaled the Super Bowl when we're talking wow. about like how many people are tuning in just because she's going to be on the broadcast. It's kind of ridiculous. A yeah, specific
1: demographic, like the viewership shot up like crazy between like women in a certain age. And Travis Kelsey, it's win-win. His podcast like number one now. Insane. Jersey so sales. listen, sports are definitely interwoven into the fabric of, of, of our lives. And we're when we get right back, we're going to talk about sports and youth. Stay tuned. This episode here is brought to you by the Connecticut uh, Small Business Boost Fund. It gives small business owners access to flexible funding for capital expenditures and working capital and connects them with support services small businesses and nonprofits can borrow between five thousand and five hundred thousand, and 500 depending on eligibility and need and you can spend how you spend the money it could be equipment payroll utilities supplies marketing advertising all that good stuff and they're very low interest over a 60 to 72 month term you can get more information and you can apply at ctsmallbusinessboostfund.org
2: Quisiera poder hablarte.
1: And we're back, and that was a bit of Fabricando Fantasias by Tito Nieves at the request of our special guest, John Torres, the co-founder and executive director of BCYL, the Bridgeport Caribe Youth League. Welcome to our show once again.
2: All right, thank you, Ramon. Hey, uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, and you know I, I, as a latino I, i'm so proud of being surrounded by other successful latinos like yourself Thank you. and um you know, and Jorge here, you know,
0: and it's awesome. And even Kevin, man. Even Kevin, a, you
2: know, he's Latino, man. He's honorary. He's honorary,
0: man. It's funny because like, it. once upon a time we used to tell people that Kevin was a quarter Puerto Rican and people just
1: bought it. Yeah, yeah man. It we just <laughs> ran. My dad, my dad was like Ramon's complexion. <laughs> right. told yeah, like, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's Puerto Rican, that makes me a quarter. That's, <laughs> that's,
2: that's right. it. You're right, You're man. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's the beauty of it. We
1: can come in any shade, pretty much.
2: Yeah. yeah. Amen to that. Story. Amen. And um, so, you know, uh, for, for me, uh, born and raised in Bridgeport, uh, my father was one of 16, my mother's one of seven, come from a large family. I mean, I got hundreds of cousins. And uh, one of the things that always stayed true to me from since I can remember, as young as I can remember, was the value of family. You know, family and the love for each other. And... Um, and always my, my my parents, great people. Uh they they worked hard. And and it's interesting because I have these conversations with my kids. How my parents came in almost like immigrants right now. You know, from Puerto Rico. They came over looking for work. They landed in Bridgeport because there was work going on. You could get a lot of factories. They could they could get my father told me one time, he says, Man, they could fire you from one job. You walk a block, you get a job instantly. Yeah. You get a job instantly. So I think that, um, you know, they taught me that value of family love and hard work and, and, and amongst other stuff, in, in addition to respect. Because uh, my father was very old school. And uh, all he had to do was give uh, you the oh, eye, right. you know, <laughs> that was it. My mother was the chancla <laughs> one to just throw the sandal right across the room, man. And she had that arc. But uh, no, you know, <laughs> and growing up in Bridgeport, uh, I, I, um, you know, the work that I do today, I see myself in these youth. Um, I see these uh, these youth that all they want is an opportunity to fit in, an opportunity to att- to live their dreams, achieve their goals. I, I was a big dreamer when I was young, man. I, I, I All the things I wanted to accomplish and do. And, um, you know, I was blessed to have people along my wa- life that either mentored me, either guided me, or even just inspired me, you know, that, hey, man, this is where I want to go. And um, and today I, I'm grateful for those people. I, as a matter of fact, when I get a chance to uh, say thank you to them, I always do. Um, you know, uh, shout out to one of my uh, the youth director at Saint Anthony's back in the day, Rita Dosimo, who I see from now and then. I saw her in Stratford for the uh, Stratford Hispanic Heritage uh, event that they had over there at the Green. And she says, oh, I'm so proud of you, what you've done. And I go, you know what? I'm here because of you. And I say, I want to thank you for that, you know. And, um, and really, I mean it because I've had teachers, Ms. Pantak, Ms. Myers, that helped me along the way. And, and I remember Ms. Myers saying when I was graduating from Elias House, you're going to Buller Havens. And I said, like, Bulla Havens, what's Bulla Havens, you know, <laughs> for high school. And she says, I want you to go take this test. And I I, I got in. And that's, you know, person that guided right. me in there. And um, so uh, along the way, I I've had that my parents didn't think beyond high school for me, right? I'm the oldest of three in my in, in my family. And um, and I remember graduating from high school, and, and my parents gifted me a trip to Puerto Rico. And my, you know, everybody's asking, oh, what you're gonna do? What you're gonna do? And and I'm like, you know, I don't know. You know, if I back up, I knew that I didn't want to take the trade that I that I did in Bulla Havens was, which was electrical, because when we graduated from from um, high school, uh, Albert Lopez and myself went and wired a two-family house. I convinced... See, I was a salesperson from the get-go. <laughs> I convinced a parishioner, I said, Anthony, that we can wire his two-family home, you know, do That's some wire That's no wiring job. On,
1: That's a big job. Yeah,
2: that was a big job. And we were there two weeks, and I remember... Nobody got electrocuted. Walk, <laughs> nobody got it. No fire, you know. Every, <laughs> every day on the way home, I just said, thank you, Lord, It we're good, you know. You're
1: listening for sirens. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: But, uh, but, you know, it was awesome because it gave me it it helped me learn about myself and what i wanted and on the walk home because there was no i didn't have a car neither did he we would walk with our twos back and forth each day to the job and and the thing was i said i walked over on the last day walking home i looked over to al and i said al i don't see myself doing this for the rest of my life so then i'm in puerto rico and my uh my aunt, who's a teacher, asked me, What you're doing? I go, I don't know. I think I want to go to college, but I don't know. And she sat me down and started explaining the financial aid process, how it works in Puerto Rico, and asked me, Oh, maybe you want to enroll over here. But then I came back to to uh Bridgeport and um and my I went and I walked into who's not knowing what the pathway was all about. And somebody took time and, um, and that started my college pr- uh, pathway. You know, I, I got a, 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 management and a business management degree and accounting degree. A- and I started working at Radio Shack while I was going to college. I developed a career there for 25 years, at, uh, up to a senior, uh, district manager level. I was considered for regional manager at one time, but, uh, when my father fell ill, I kind of like withdrew, uh, uh, you know, from me going uh, being entertained for that position because it would have required me to move to Texas for about three years. So, with that said, um, you know, uh, my life has brought me to different ventures, and and the one thing I always loved was serving people. As young, I tell this story because it really taught me that at an early age. Your life can, de- you, you could determine the pathway of your life not even knowing. I was about six years old and we were at a, a family gathering and there was a young boy, maybe about three years old, with another family. We're, we're in the living room and I had a, a, a plate of, of, of chips and and the kid was just like, you know, getting into a, t- a tantrum and the father was trying to calm him down calm, and the kid was just so worked up. And I remember I took a potato chip and I gave it to that little boy. And all of a sudden, that boy stopped crying. And then he asked for another one. And you know, and I kept playing with him, like giving him. And, you know, the father said to me, he said, Thank you. Because you help him become quiet, right? That to me was like if I hit a grand slam in the World Series of game seven, I felt so good, right? I felt so good that. Um, helping people feel good was an objective of mine ever that long. That feeling. that feeling, yeah, chasing that feeling. You know, I remember in grammar school, I, I used to have a job at Caribe Market, one dollar an hour, a dollar an hour, and, and I would have money. So I, at lunchtime, I would buy the fellows some uh, dessert. You know, and they love me. They, oh, great, John, and I love that feeling. Y'all, you know, y'all you know, taking care, right? So all throughout my life, it was about. Helping others, um, I, even at Radio Shack, and I—I'm um, about helping people grow and and, and achieve their dreams. Uh, I became a district manager in my own market, which is unheard of. But when I took over that market, I—I I my first meeting, they introduced me as the district manager. There was thirty managers in there, and twelve of mine, twelve of them were former assistant managers that worked for me and it made my job so easy cuz they knew how how I operated and how I did things and it was awesome you know so those things I take a lot of gratification and and today you know as we you know we formed this uh youth development organization called Bridgework Academy Youth Leaders it used to be known as league but as the as the uh organization has has transformed into what we are today. It, we we knew we knew that it had to reflect the work that we were doing. So, you know, most people think of us as a baseball uh, league, but we're more than that. Um, you know, that's a good um, clarification.
1: But, I'm, I've been in Bridgeport over thirty yeah. years, and it's like cemented in my head yeah. that the L stands for league because I remember I, I lived in the North End. It was a it was a baseball league, but yeah. it's it's since evolved. Um, and we've helped you and, and we, we're grateful, to, you know, that you've become a client of ours and your organization and, and everything it does and what Frank's doing there. And you got mm-hmm. a lot of great people around you. Um, Tell us, take us back to, you know, because I don't want to jump right up to the leaders because that's where you are today. But you mentioned your dad falling ill and I know that he had a big impact and what you huh? decided to make the purpose in your life.
2: Yeah, my my dad, um, he, as tough as he was, he was very caring, and he always looked out for our best interest. And um, and I remember that um, when we started, I, I first time I played organized baseball, um, baseball and basketball are my thing. Uh, quick, you talk about the New York Giants earlier. <laughs> I try to play football with these older guys when I was like in my teens, you know, early teens, 13, 14 years old. And I was playing against 18 years old at Winfield oh, Park. Yeah. And I remember, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And it was full tackle with no pads or anything. Oh, so wow. I am, I think I I, I I was 14 years old. I grab an interception. I'm going back <laughs> to <laughs> the other way. I get one guy hits me right on my jaw and another one hits me on the hip and I'm telling you I think there was concussion back then because I, I must have been on that ground I didn't know which way I was going but I tell you I never let go of that ball <laughs> but yeah but my but, so that was the end the start and the end of my football career um And uh, But no, you know, uh, my father, so we played baseball. I mean, Clemente. What what position did
0: you play in baseball?
2: I I played catcher. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I played catcher. I remember uh, the Mets are my favorite baseball team. I I used to uh, imitate Tom Seaver's motion and throw a rubber ball against a brick wall in the back of my house. And then Roberto Clemente, I saw him in the later half. I remember seeing him. Uh, when he got his 3,000 hit that was pretty incredible we had all our family over the house and that was like a big moment uh for for our, our culture you know and, and um and so i i played you know played baseball in the spanish leagues and they needed a coach and my father said all right I, uh, this is i was 13 years old you know i or 12 years old and and he, and he said i'll coach and we started, he started coaching and, and, um, my father was f- very competitive. I found out real early yeah. cause he used to coach men's softball too, but, uh, he was very competitive. And, and the one thing is that, uh, though he was very fair and, and, and consistent. So, you know, um, for that for me and my brother, cause he coached my brother cause he's younger than I. And, um, you know, was very impactful in our lives. We have, because of that, we formed so many great relationships um, and experiences that we maintain today, you know, and, and um, and I hope that we're doing that at Bridge Workout, even not only with the baseball, but the education component and so on. And um, so when, when my father, who died at age 60 due to emphysema in 2003, um, my brother came to me. It was my brother's idea. I was working back in Radio Shack and traveling all over. And um, he said, "Let's do a baseball league in memory of Dad at Seaside." There's nothing going on there, and um, organized baseball. Anyway, the Pacheco League had had folded, so you know it was no longer happening for about three years. And, and um, so we uh, we started it with a couple of hundred kids, with only the intention of baseball, and that was it. Then parents asking us, we did bait, a basketball. We did that for a couple of years. So then, you know, one thing you're going to understand about Caribe is we treat everybody with a lot of love and like if they're our own family. And so we start asking questions. We start discovering the need and and, and whatnot. And even parents and the kids talking with us and saying, hey, can we do this? Can we do that? And we start looking into it. And, and, and then we start. Doing it and and we get a good response. People uh, gravitate to it. So, uh, with that said, you know, fast forward now, twenty years later, we have served over ten thousand kids. Uh, and and um, you know, last year was our highest year of participation, where we had over seventeen hundred. And this year, by the end of December, we may. Through over eighteen hundred, the way it's projecting. So you know, um, we've been blessed. I have a great staff. Um, I uh, we I, I'm surrounded by a great board of directors. Uh, we have great volunteers. I was just this morning speaking with our in school volunteers uh, that they do volunteer tutoring slash mentorship with Bridgeport Pu- Public Schools. We have a hundred of them, and um, it, and and. It, it's important to to recognize them because they're giving of their time and effort, you know, to make a difference in a child's life. So, we do that, and, and um, so along the way, you know, uh, there's been great people that have been indirectly or directly impacting these youth uh, with with um, with, with, our, with with the mission that we have. So. You know that that's where we're at, and now uh, we're getting ready for our next twenty years, and that's what yeah, we're One, working one out. of my uh,
1: favorite quotes from uh, the gala—it <laughs> cracked me up because the challenges that kids are facing are different from twenty years ago till now. Yeah. You know, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of people say our kids are growing up soft. You know, they're on a the tablet, outside. But remember, Frank got up there and he said, 20 years ago, we started this organization to, to get our kids off the street." And today we're trying to get them back outside. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah. No. 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 Man, talk a little bit about the cha- how how are kids different? What's how society different? Because we still have a we have these new waves of population that come in. You know, mm-hmm. um, social economic challenges, uh, first generation mm-hmm. challenges. How how mm-hmm. how is BCYL different, and how is it the same?
2: Yeah, I I think um, we're different because we adapt uh, uh I, I will tell you uh you know what we were 20 years ago is doesn't resemble nothing what we're at today and we did that not only out of necessity but more uh for the fact that we want to remain relevant with these youth and families right I I, I think that you know when you think about technology technology I think in the last 10 years has just, change the landscape on how we do things and even post COVID, how we approach things. Um, forget about, you know, uh, you know, that, uh, w- w- you know, the way we used to do things, even work, you know, uh, environment has changed and,
1: and the way you
2: communicate, right. And, and, and so, you know, here, here we are. And, and we found that, um, do this we have to adapt and a new program has started like our coding eSports program where it's we know it's a gaming industry it's multi-billion dollar gaming industry out there right but what we're to talking also to two
1: big gamers right here
2: uh, oh is that right so so I'll tell you we're teaching them not only how to play like uh the game uh but we're all which we we do rocket League with, with them but also more importantly, how to write code for those games. So we have a a, a program that they utilize in these kids in middle school. Uh, they write code and they take that 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 uh, game and they could play it with their friends at home. And so it, it's it's teaching those skills. Right. That it's more beyond the game.
1: That's great. And I mean, gaming is what got me into computers. That was my first, you know, gaming system. And then. Even repairing them was like, oh, my computer's broken. All right, how do I fix it now? And oh, now I can build my own. Um,
0: same thing I said with the software and kind of get you interested. I love that. I love being able to start at that foundation. Hey, hey let's come have fun. And then how can we turn that fun into a skill building? Right. And everything about coding kind of builds from that. From as soon as you learn just the basics, then you start building up on top of that. And your skill set becomes bigger. And then your mind starts going. Oh, what what can I do? What possibilities are out there? So I love the fact that the pro- that program is designed to do that. And what an eye opening change, especially for kids who may not have thought that they could ever do anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. really opening eyes to and changing a trajectory of what their future could hold. Oh, uh, wow. I love it. And that.
1: you're also doing uh, almost like a Shark Tank kind of uh, yeah. <laughs> entrepreneurial uh, program. So, yeah, yeah.
2: You know, so. Uh, Ramon, the way that came about was um, we have a scholarship program for high school and college, right, And um, which is doing phenomenal. We we have over 130 kids, receive $1.3 million in tuition scholarships, and we've had uh, 34 college graduates thus far with bachelor's degree. But you know what the beauty of it? 19 of them are first-time college graduates. Like I was when I graduated from college, and, and and that's the opportunity, right? Well, this whole thing is that we put a lot of emphasis um, around college because we've been doing that now for over t- about twelve years now. The college, college, and we then in the last four years have identified that hey, not every student is ready to go to college or wants to go to college, right? Like me, I went to tech. I did the opposite, all right? But I think that's
0: so valuable too because you knew what you didn't want to do, right? right? You went right. right into the real world. You got your hands on with the trade. And how valuable how valuable was that to say, this isn't for me? Exactly. And that alone has so much value because now you can say, what am I passionate about? And the fact you were able to turn into that with your college degree, fantastic. And, and you know uh, that that's uh, you're spot on. I, I will
2: tell you that's why we now are committed to our high school students as early as eighth grade, exposing them, exposing them to either a college pathway. If they if it's not for them, we have a trade pr- preparation program. We have a partnership with the uh, build it, uh, the building trades, a- and if not that, the entrepreneurship. These kids, you, you talk about technology, you talk about social media. I are I mean, way more advanced, these,
1: I think, than we were. There's
2: suddenly stuff online right. that I'm like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> and they're little entrepreneurs, yeah. man. I had my my nephew. He sold little outfits for uh, for pets on Etsy. on Etsy, and I'm like, and I'm like "What you are doing? you doing?" He says, you, "I'm making some money, Theo." <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm like, yo, go get him, man!" And, and 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 he was doing all through high school, man. So our kids have that inherent a uh, vision, you know. They're they're like designers uh, in their mind. You know what I'm saying? They come up with these. These ideas are so creative. So we did our version. It's called Young uh, Entrepreneurship Leadership Training, and basically these students they go through a 14 week intensive program that teaches them how to take a product or a business from concept to reality. And they understand. They start learning about financial, right? P Ls. What it uh, marketing. They, they take, you you know, the whole thing, the gamut, right? And then they have to present to entrepreneurships like Ramon, who will sit there and he will say, hey, this is good. You score them. And then the the top people get um, scholarships to amazing. see that happen,
1: you know? It's amazing. So, so you're coming you know, you're planning the next 20 years. You got some big news. I saw the beautiful building for the Wakeman Boys and Girls yeah. Club. How'd that partnership come about? So uh, it's interesting. Um, again, God is
2: great. He places good people in our pathway. Uh, nine years ago, uh, there was an RFP about Madison Avenue. Who wants to build? I said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, go there. It. I'm gonna yeah. present." Right, knowing that-, knowing that I didn't have any, <laughs> any way to raise, <laughs> 25 you know, twenty five million dollars to get a building up, but. I, I And I was honest with them. I said, if if we're not selected, at least I want to be considered a partner with somebody, right, to be in there. And Dave Bladges, who's a former CEO of, of, of Wakeman, he was there, and I guess he said to me afterwards, listen, man, I, I, I want to speak with you. I want to meet you so that maybe th- we could do something together. And I was like, all right, because we, our parents, you know, we have, parent meetings, we have retreats, and everything. We need a building, we need a building, we need a... And I said, we need money, we need (laughs) money, we need money, money," right? So what happened is that uh, this gave us an opportunity now to have, uh, I I would say, a home away from home, right? Um, Our administrative office is going to be there. Uh, We're going to be doing programming. But you know what I love about this, Ramon, is the opportunity for collaborative work to really make impact in our community. Not only is gonna be there, obviously Wakeman Boys and Girls Club are, are there. And shout out and to a Sabrina. Sh- shout out to Sabrina. Sabrina. I Absolutely. was gonna say, shout out to Sabrina. Smells, uh, uh, her and I, man, it's like- it's awesome. I, I say, when we get together and we're all pumped up, it's like a <laughs> WWE interview, you know? <laughs>
1: we're like, ah!
2: But, um, and, and then Molly uh, Melbourne, the CEO of uh, Southwest mm-hmm. Healthcare, we're gonna have three organizations under one roof to provide wraparound services that uh, for medical attention, uh, dental,
1: uh, you know, uh, food insecurities.
2: I, I mean, it's just going to be a home run for the community. And, and we're all in this together. Well, so, thank
1: you for everything you're doing for Bridgeport, man. Um, what's What are some upcoming events and how can parents that are interested um, to signing up their kids get a hold yeah. of you? Yeah, no,
2: I would recommend them to visit our website at www.bcyl.org bcyl.org or Google Bridgeport Caribe Youth Leaders Um, and and then the other, or call the office which is 203-913-0073 We just started a soccer program, people and it is on fire, (laughs) you know we, We just, after six years of parents and kids. Hey, let's do soccer soccer. We finally got it together and um we we partner with uh GN's uh generator uh GZS, GCS. sorry. Yeah, GCS, Uh, a uh, soccer program that they are awesome and and it's awesome. going so far Great. so good. But uh we have uh a community event uh, October twenty first. I hope everyone can attend. This is in celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month. We're bringing a play called "Calling Puerto Rico." It's based on uh, Hurricane Maria and the impact they had on the people on island, in particular, communicating from like by ourselves that lived here in, in the states, trying to communicate with with, with our families in Puerto Rico, our families, friends, and vice versa. And, um, and how it impacted um, individuals um, at, that were experiencing it out in the island. And so well done play, uh, I got a chance to see it and that's why we brought it over. And, and, and we're doing this collectively with eight other Hispanic uh, nonprofit organizations from the greater Bridgeport area. So if you get a chance, it's at eight o'clock, doors open at 6.30, you can visit our website, get information or go to the client and you can buy your tickets online. And then we have our wine and beer tasting, which is November tenth at Vizano's Four Seasons. A great event uh, that will be held uh, at six p.m. All right, and uh, that's all. Yeah. We got. Well,
1: thank you, thank you, John, for being here again. Once again, thank you for everything you're doing in the community. Uh, you're you're one of the anchors in our community that that's giving back in so many ways and helping. So, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Ramon. My right, pleasure, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share uh, this episode. We appreciate you here at Mission Control. So until next time, this is Ramon Peralta with Peralta Design, and we launch